sitting at a bar here having one of the best mango juices reflecting on life in a way it looks like you have an extraordinary life and in another way it's just a life that everybody else has how would you describe it yeah wow that is a very beautiful question Each of us has a story that is uniquely our own. No two paths are identical. Every narrative is special and distinct. What immediately comes to my mind is that for a very, very, very long time, I considered myself as a very normal, ordinary Dutch woman. Our lives are a symphony of individuality resonating with the melodies of diverse experiences and personal tales. We are all unique, but paradoxically, amidst the kaleidoscope of uniqueness, a common thread ties us together. Universality gracefully dances through the chapters of our lives. Uh, a life that many, many, many people have. You know, we, we, we hear always the stories of people who have a lot of troubles, But I think the majority of the people have just normal lives with our ups and downs. And, and um, so I consider myself very ordinary. Uh, and yet there is something in me which makes my life not so ordinary. Because, I, yes, I did make a move to give up my normal life in the Netherlands and to marry an African man and move to a very small island where there are no cars, only donkeys. You are listening to the podcast Build Your Soul Story. This is episode 5. My name is Raf Stevens. I traveled to Lamo, a Kenyan island, to capture Monica's tale. Over 25 years ago, Monica bid farewell to her old life, embarking on an adventure that was not just outward, but also inward. It became a path of personal growth and transformation. While her story is distinctly hers, it resonates universally. A narrative, both unique and shared. In this episode, we delve even deeper into Monica's story. She realized that the island had brought her a lot. She had blossomed. However, amidst this flourishing, Also a lingering sensation endured. So she gazed into the mirror once more, questioning, who am I? Truly, who am I? Um, and so in, in, in from that perspective, I also asked at some point in my life to the universe, like, how do I actually spiritually grow? What is that growing? I had never really thought about it and, and that question came to my mind and walking on the beach I, I asked that question and and yeah and then three weeks later uh, my youngest son he became sick um, just a normal cold and yeah I'm not such a panicking mother uh, otherwise I would probably also would probably not live here what age did he have? he was a two and a half and um And so I gave him some paracetamol, and I thought, no, yeah, it will be okay, just a little fever. 
But then the fever didn't disappear and I went to the doctor and he said, oh, maybe he has malaria or he has pneumonia. So we, we ended up in a local hospital here for one night and yeah, I didn't really believe that it was that. But I couldn't put my finger on it as well. And so the next morning I took him back home and then... Um, you know, that time I wasn't so busy, so I walked around and, and I saw a friend of mine and he said, I see a stressed mother. And I asked him, why do you say that? And he said, well, you have your T-shirt inside out. Wow. And I said, yes, it's true. I am stressed because I'm worried about my child. Because when is the moment to fly out of this island to see a proper doctor? So I went back home. And my son was laying apathic on the couch, not breathing very well. And I thought, I have to take him out. So I, I arranged, a, uh, we took a local flight. And um, in the evening I was in a hospital. Luckily they have very good hospitals in Nairobi. And uh, nine o'clock at night I was at intensive care. And I was alone. I had to leave my other son alone. My husband was in the Netherlands. He was doing his... Is for a year he went to the Netherlands to do his, um, in Dutch you call it, um, I don't know in English, how do you say that, like citizenship, yep. to get your citizenship. So he wasn't here. So I was only with my two, two sons. And, um, and uh, the doctor said, well, your son has a very serious heart problem and we have to operate him right now. We have to pull out the, the liquid, otherwise you will not make it. So this was very, very serious. And it came out of the blue came totally out of the blue and they told me your husband has to come because you will need him so I was in hospital next day at least he he was still in intensive care but they pulled a lot of liquid out of, of, of the heart, it was a myocarditis which is a normal it, could, it was a normal virus but it went into his heart and caused uh, that problem but um, a couple of days later, when my husband had arrived, and my youngest and my oldest son was still in Lamu alone, completely alone, he was four years. Um, all of a sudden, I saw my youngest son taking a piece of bread, but he took it with his left hand, and he was right-handed. He, he was two and a half, but he was right-handed. And I said, "This is something not correct." And then I saw his whole right face was hanging, his right arm was hanging, and um, he, was, he had a stroke. So that was, of course, terrible. I mean, it really happened while we were seeing, while we were watching it. Called the doctor, and, um, and that afternoon he was for a CT scan, and, and I actually I thought he would, he would, he would be gone. So yeah, that was. Uh, that was really, really, really sad. And um, and he was paralyzed. So he couldn't walk, he couldn't talk anymore. He was this very happy young boy with his long white rastas. And three weeks before, his grandfather had shaved off the hair. So I didn't even recognize my own son, in a way. When Monica posed the question to the universe, how can I experience spiritual growth? She wasn't anticipating this response. The entire situation in a peculiar twist drew her nearer to herself. 
Sometimes it takes something profound to prompt a fresh perspective on one's life. To really see yourself again, with all your fears, desires and little stories. What does personal or even spiritual growth mean for you? Have you ever wondered, who am I? Who am I really? What is your answer then? You are a partner of, a mother of, a sister or a brother, a daughter, an employee, an artist maybe, or an adventurer. These are the roles you can take on in your life. But this is not who you truly are. When you find yourself growing personally and spiritually, there are different phases that we all move through. The philosopher Ken Wilber has defined four phases. Go to our website buildyourstory.com, download the workbook and take some time to reflect on your soul story by using the four phases of spiritual growth. Um, and then a friend of mine, she told me, Monica, you're always into yoga. And I was already that time into yoga. I've done a really beautiful course called The Art of Living. And I'm like, yeah, but you know, I'm surviving. That time I was surviving. I was not living my life. I was surviving. You can imagine, I spent three weeks in hospital. We went to Holland. It was a shock for my parents, of course, to see to see me coming back with, 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 your, with their grandchild not being able to walk and talk. Um, but somehow I thought, let me do that. So I started doing that course. And it was a miracle. Because the sixth day, the, and the sixth day, that time it was still six days, something broke open in me and I could cry and I could let go. And also I felt support. And... It's a very deep breathing course and you learn something which you can take home. So I took it home and I said to myself, I'm going to practice this for the next 42 days. And actually, until today, I still use those breathing techniques. And many, many, many times in my life, I say thanks to, to my yoga, thanks to these breathing techniques, is how I have been able to manage my life here. Because, yes, on the outside it looks all beautiful and, you know, everybody dreams of having a small hotel on a tropical island. But life is the same. It's the same struggles with husband, with children, with sickness, with money. Uh, many, many times when I communicated with my friends in the Netherlands, I, I, I discovered that we actually went through the same, same of thoughts and ideas. And so... This child is, 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 I started to see that it was a blessing. Of course, in the beginning, it was very difficult. But it was, he's been really my blessing and my teacher, bringing me on this spiritual path. And, um, and until today, he teaches me a lot. Luckily, he can walk, he can talk, but he's still disabled. He got epileptic fits from when he was nine. So that was another very heavy, difficult period in, in our lives. And, um, and uh, yeah, he's now, he lives now in the Netherlands. He lives special care, uh, in special care home, and he works on an organic farm. And he's fantastic. He inspires people because he can only live in the present moment from his heart. 
and he is he's one of my biggest teachers. Life unfolds in the present, but so often we let the present slip away. We allow time to rush by. We keep worrying about the future and ruminate about what's past. Our thoughts control us. Mindful people are happier, more empathetic, and even more secure. Being present means being here, fully here, physically mentally and spiritually. The key to being present is giving focus to that moment and therefore checking for presence. The ultimate audit of presence is through the senses. Let's try this out together. Using this moment as our present. Let's use the senses to audit your presence at this moment. Ask yourself these questions. What do you see? What is in front of you, right now? What's behind you? What is in the peripheral? What do you smell? Immerse yourself in your environment. What do you hear? Go beyond the obvious that is in front of you. What do you feel? Again, mentally, spiritually, but also in this environment right now. Being present means being here, fully here. Coming back to feeling ordinary and, and not ordinary is, is, is that at some point I realized, my gosh, I've made my life so complicated because my youngest son was in the Netherlands. My oldest son was in Costa Rica. My husband was somewhere else in the world. I was in Kenya. I was like, really? My whole family was, I think it was at four continents at some point. Do I have to make my life so complicated to prove myself that I'm not ordinary? But something in me says, yeah, I'm just a normal normal woman like anybody just else. Just how, uh, how it goes. This is just how it goes. It was not a conscious decision to plan life like that. No, not at all. It was. It's just opening your heart and follow and, 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 and be open to what is, what is happening. For us, living in the present moment is, is almost not possible because our mind jumps constantly. What do I have to do? Where do we go? And how many times people ask me, oh, when do you travel? When do you go back to Holland? When do you go back to Kenya? And I was not able to answer that question because when my son was next to me, we could not speak about next week. We could only speak about today because it would cause him epileptic fits. And then one day we had a friend here, which, which was my old boss. He lives in Tanzania and he sets up a, a project for ex-street boys. 
And he was here and we were looking like, what can we do now for Karim? Because he can't go to a normal school anymore. But he was 15 and what should he do? So we decided from one day to another, let's bring him to Tanzania to the X-Street Boys uh, project. And he lived there for two and a half years with nothing. Nothing. His cupboard was was two shorts, one trouser, a sweater and two t-shirts and a toothbrush. Nothing else. No iPad, no watch, no, no Coca-Cola, no ice cream, no nothing. And he lived there for two and a half years. Very, very basic life. At a very young age. From f- 15 till 18, actually. And, um, and, and, but he liked that routine. It was good for him. And it was good for all these boys who were there. Because he was the one with a disability, but the rest of the boys that didn't have disabilities, they had different problems in their lives. But seeing that age, grown up with, you know, a regular life, waking up at six o'clock, doing this, going to school, having lunch, having a vocational training, playing football, go to bed, you know, what we in, in Europe, it's not there almost anymore. Because our youth, they want to explore everything themselves and there are no rules or very little rules. But in the end, we see also that's not so healthy for a lot of youth. So it's it's definitely something that has something to do with structure, um, but I think it's much more than than structure. It is living in the moment. It is enjoying life as it unfolds. Yeah, definitely because it, it, it's really living in the moment and seeing that what 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 is what presents itself. And trust that that is the right thing. He he liked it. Yes, he liked it. He liked it. Looking back at it, what would you say he has learned or maybe you have learned? Well, what he has learned is, is... I think he already knew it because I don't think he has really changed much. Even today, he can just surprise me with, with his wisdom, with the things he can just say in the moment. It's like, I look at him and I'm like, where do you get this from? And it's so true. And so what I have learned from him is that much less to judge, judge other people, judge situations, thinking that the grass is greener at the neighbor. You know, we always think that somebody else is doing better and we want our children to be good and da, 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 da. I've really learned that from him I really learned from him to really be more present here and of course you know I'm still learning that but I definitely have learned it from him. and also what I really learned from him is seeing the little things seeing the sunshine just coming through a tree uh, a ray of sun or, or little things We all have so many blessings in our lives. And yet most of the time we fail to notice them. We don't recognize them properly. We forget them or simply take them for granted. We lose sight of them. 
and that's a critical mistake. Skills in experiencing and expressing gratitude are key for connecting with yourself and with other people. In our workbook, which you can download on our website, we made a list of a few things you can do to incorporate gratitude into your routine. Trust is a, is a big thing, what I have learned, because I went through so many things with him. And it was, only, it was maybe also my only way to hold on to trust. Because if I would not have had trust, how could I then live my life? How could I then let him also blossom as a human being? If I continuously wanted to control him, if I continuously lived in fear of I will lose him, uh, I cannot let him go alone, I cannot let him go on his own bicycle in the Netherlands, or I cannot let him on the beach, or I had to trust, 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 trust. And yeah, that is something... I think that is maybe now talking about it that I let go of fear is what I've learned from him. When you were standing on the beach asking for how can I grow on a spiritual level and grow as a human being, you did not expect to get this and in a way it's very it's a paradox it's like the most difficult thing you can encounter in life and if you look at it in another way it could be a gift uh, that is something I, I know I surprise many times people with if I say the fact that my husband left me some years back has been a, a big big gift for me And having a son with a disability is maybe the greatest gift. And it can even bring me to tears. But this is how I feel. It is a lot of gratitude. Um, Why do people don't understand? Well, we, we don't really want pain in our lives, isn't it? We, we try everything to avoid pain. We try everything to avoid difficult situations. And, and we don't want to talk about difficult situations also. We are... We have a lot of fear and, and, and we have maybe shame or guilt or, or uh, yeah, we feel maybe we had to, we've been stupid or we've been punished and we don't want to admit it. And so I see a lot of people hiding themselves behind the pain. And for me, I think pain is, is very painful, but it's also very powerful. And if we can use that into a positive way I mean everything has two sides nothing is only one side everything. the beauty is in the paradox the beauty is in the paradox yes yes I would say it's faith in life yes have faith in life And it is definitely something I learned here. And also accept that life is not always makeable. We want to make life. Our Western philosophy is very much, oh, we are in full control of everything. I tell you, you're not in control of anything. You're not even in control of your own heartbeat. 
you're not even in control of your how your blood flows. So we're not in control of anything, and yet we think we are in control. This is this is this is nonsense. So of course you can influence if you live a certain lifestyle, you feel more healthy, you we talked about energy more before. We can influence our 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 life force energy, our energy. But being in control, we are not in control. So having that faith that we are not in control and that somehow life will move in the direction it needs to be moved. And and I see people here in difficult situations and they smile. So yeah. It's something within us. Freedom is within us. Happiness is within us. It's not what you achieve by your promotion or a bigger house or a bigger car. Or We know that, but we don't know it. We know it intellectually, but we don't live it because we still want to keep up with the Johnsons. And, 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 yeah. and for a lot of people, they would like to break out, but it's difficult because what will the society think of me or say about me? And yeah. I've learned really that faith is 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 I've I've I read it somewhere three factors for success in life and then I don't mean financial success but just success as a human being first is to learn to have trust in yourself for my kids it was fantastic being able to grow here they were you know very small they run around everywhere everybody knew him that's of course it is is of course an advantage but it's trust in yourself secondly trust in the other so like how we grew up in our lives you went to to nursery school and 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 you know the neighbors looked after you or the or the parents of your friends or there was there was a community now it's more and more difficult you cannot these days you cannot even touch a child of somebody else which is not right to me is is not healthy so it's trusting in yourself trust in the other and then trust in something that is much bigger than than ourselves call it nature call it universe call it god whatever those three factors determine if you're successful as a human being in life and uh and I feel very blessed that I experienced that here and I see it on my children and now they're in their 20s and they both live a good life, their own life. Um, I see it in my husband, husband, ex-husband, and I see it in myself. Thanks for listening. If this episode inspired you, we would love it if you could share it in your network. This way, more people find their way to this unique series. Not only a podcast, but also a workbook, which you can download for free from our website, buildyoursoulstory.com. For now, keep faith, trust, and enjoy the moment. Love peace and power. Till next time for the last episode in this series.